0: All right. tonight we are going to continue on in our series in the Destiny Connection. And tonight we're going to talk about the four winds of heaven. And this is so appropriate because this week we are in the eight-day series and we're we're right in the midst of the festival of Hanukkah and Christmas as well. Amen? So Merry Christmas to all of you. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer that we typically pray before Torah study. Baruch ata Adonai. Baruch atah Adonai. Baruch atah
1: Adonai.
0: Eloheinu. Eloheinu. Eloheinu, Melech ha'olam. Melech ha-olam. Asher. Asher
1: kitshanu,
0: kitshanu. kitshanu. bemitzvotav. Be Vetziwanu. Be Be La asok. La asok. Be divrei. Be divrei. Torah. Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God. Ruler of the universe. Who has sanctified us with commandments. And commanded us to study words of Torah. And
1: us to study words of
0: Torah. Amen. Amen. I invite you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 7, verse 2. And we're going to spend much of the evening today in Daniel. And we're going to continue on in our, in our Glory Connection series. But tonight we're going to focus in on the four winds from heaven. And so, Daniel 7-2, I'll go ahead and uh, read it to you as you're turning there. Daniel said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. There's something very prophetic taking place here. And Daniel was given visions of, of basically of all four exiles of the Jewish people coming all the way to the end times, to the appearing of Antichrist, and, and the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen? Amen. amen? And one thing, what Daniel sees, when he sees the four winds of heaven, the four winds of heaven in Daniel 7-2 are, are prophetic of the four exiles the Jewish people will go through. And now during the, the, the festival of Hanukkah, we're celebrating the Jews' recovery of the temple as they rebelled against the Syrian Greeks, amen? Led by the Hashmonian family. Now, Any these we see four exiles. And we need need to pay very close attention to four. Amen? Can you all say four? Four. Four. So what we see here, we see four winds of heaven. These four winds of heaven represent the four exiles that Jewish people experience. As we shared over the previous weeks, the exile of Babylon, number one. The exile of, of the Persians, or the Medes and Persians, which is exile number two. Exile number three is the Greek exile, and the fourth exile is the Roman exile, Represented by Esau, and this is the exile that the Jews are still under to this day. The fourth exile will not end until Messiah comes. Yeah. Wow. Now I want you to I'll read this to you in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, because there is a relationship between what Daniel sees and what Moses describes in Genesis. And Moses says this about about Eden. He said, A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. Now there is a mysterious connection between the four winds in Daniel chapter 7 and the four river heads that we see here in, in Genesis chapter 2. Amen? Amen? See, when you read the Bible, don't look at the Bible like it's a bunch of disconnected uh, stories. I want you to read the Bible as it's all connected. Amen? From Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation twenty two twenty one. 21 the entire Bible is, is connected, and everything's been put together by, by, by divine design. Amen? So the four wind, there is some connection between the four winds of heaven and the four rivers that, that, that split off from the river that comes out of Eden. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. What is the first exile we read about in, in the Bible? It's not, it's not Babylon. That's the clue I'll give you. What is the very first exile we see in the Bible? Exactly, it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Yeah. When Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden, from that that glorious place called Eden, uh, Jesus calls paradise, on the cross. Being exiled from Eden was the exile of mankind from God's glorious presence, Amen. Amen. And then, beginning with Abraham, we see the glory connection being restored. So tonight we're gonna we're, we'll talk about any place outside. Of God's glory is a place of exile mm-hmm. so those four rivers that we see and I, I the four rivers are glorious places I don't really understand the depths of it but whenever we see symbols of four it's often a connection to God's glory <clears throat> and so what we see is we see we. we but also it's also sometimes that represents the forces of the evil so we see we see the the four winds representing evil and then we also see four rivers out of Eden, which represent holiness, right? Connection to God's glorious presence. Yeah. Also, what I want you to know is any place outside of God's presence is a place of exile. So if you're in a, in a, in, if you're, whenever you're in a place where you cannot enter into God's glorious presence, that is a form of exile. So what is our goal? Is to return back to God, amen? And, yes. and, and, and to restore the intimacy between you and the yes. Lord. So, the four winds of heaven in Daniel chapter 7, verse 2 and 3, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night. And behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first beast that Daniel describes in verse 4, he says, The first was like a lion, it had eagles' wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. These are very difficult prophecies to understand because everything is in figurative language, isn't it? Nothing, nothing that you read here is to be taken literally. There, there isn't a literal wind. The, 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 what the four winds striving represent the four exiles of the Jewish people. So this first exile is demonstrated by the lion with eagle's wings. And you can draw a picture of a lion um, uh, having two wings and it flies. But it's not to be taken as literal, it is figurative. Amen? So what we see here is this lion with the wings represents Babylon. Babylon was the first kingdom to take the, the southern kingdom into exile. We're not counting the Assyrian captivity as the first exile. We're counting, when Nebuchadnezzar came in and took the southern kingdom captive, that is the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, took them captive to Babylon, that is the first exile of the Jewish people. And the Babylonian empire is represented as a lion to indicate its great power. It was the greatest kingdom of the four kingdoms we're going to describe. It was more ferocious than all the other kingdoms. It was more powerful. It was faster. And it, it, it had great power. You remember when Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dreams? And he, and he, tell, and he tells the king that the, that the head of that statue is, is you and, and the greatness of your kingdom. So the Babylonian was the greatest of the four kingdoms. It was, it, it was, like, it was described like a high-flying eagle representing the great arrogance and pride of the Babylonian culture and how it conquered with great swiftness. The prophet Isaiah talks about it and he prophesied the downfall in Isaiah 14. He prophesied the downfall of the haughty Babylonian king. Because Nebuchadnezzar said that I will ascend into heaven and I will be like the supreme one because Nebuchadnezzar was so given into his pride. The eagle's wings represent the forces of evil and it represents the great speed with, with, which made Babylon so great. I mean, it, it swiftly conquered. But like any great power, it's going to see its demise. So what happens at, at the very end? It was it, it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. What that represents is that the Babylonian kingdom lost its strength. And it was no longer powerful and swift and flying and conquering the earth. So it, 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 it eventually lost its steam. And when it could no longer fly, it became like a man and did not have, have power like the lion and the eagle. When you read these scriptures, you're not only reading about the exiles... That take place in, in history. It also represents the ferocious demonic spirits that you are gonna you are going to encounter in end times. Amen. So, and you can you you can overcome every demonic power through the word of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Who is Christ Jesus? So, when you read this word, when you read Daniel's prophecy, you're not just reading about end time events. If if, if you if, if you put on your binoculars or look through the lenses of a microscope, you don't want to have tunnel vision, you you, you want to have expanded vision. Because one thing about prophecy is, uh, biblical prophecy is not a one-time occurrence. Biblical prophecy is being fulfilled over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. Amen? Mm -hmm. Then the second beast we see in Daniel, chapter seven, verse five, and behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Now the second beast, representing with a bear, is not speaking about a literal bear. It speaks about the second exile of the, of the Jewish people. And that was the exile of the Persian Empire. And, this, and, and the Persians were people who ate uh, uh, ravenously like a bear like a bear and the persian empire conquered they they did not have the great power like the babylonians but they nor did they have the agility of the babylonian empire but they were great and powerful we see we see darius we see uh, you know we see Ahasuerus. we 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 see the great emper- emperors of the persian empire and the Persians are not only likened unto a lion; I mean, unto a, um, a a bear. They're also described as being a wolf. And but guess what? God raised up a uh, two people from the tribe of Benjamin, who are also compared to a to a wolf to dis, to help destroy the powers of Persia. Mm-hmm. Likewise, who? Who did God use to bring down the demonic powers of the Babylonian Empire? It was Daniel. It was through Daniel's intercession that brought down the Babylonian powers. And then we see God using Esther and Mordecai to bring down the demonic powers of the Persian Empire. In Esther chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Now in Shushan the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. The son of Yair, the son of Shemi, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Whenever you see the tribe of Benjamin, you need, you need to connect with the anointing of the tribe of Benjamin. And the anointing of Benjamin is to be like a ravenous wolf. Taken from the prophecy that Jacob gave to Benjamin in Genesis forty nine twenty seven, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. And when you read the book of Esther, as we're, we're going to do in, next month as we prepare for Purim, you're going to see the great power that God had given Mordecai and Esther. And the great wisdom that Esther used to bring down her wicked husband. Mm. Amen? Mm. I, mean, just, I mean, just tremendous wisdom. Tremendous wisdom. And I, and I believe we're, we'll, we'll go into that study as well in our Thursday night classes as, as when as we move into the series of Purim. But see, when the enemy comes in, God will raise up you like a flood and use you to bring down the forces of darkness. So when you're fighting that ravenous wolf, guess what? You're gonna be a ravenous wolf as well. And you're gonna destroy the partners, you will destroy the forces of darkness through the anointing God gives you. If you're fighting a demonic spirit in 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 this time, a spirit that's so strong, you know what? God's gonna raise you up to fight those powers. Just as God raised up Samson to, to defeat the Philistines. And in his death, he destroyed more Philistines than all the previous years of his ministry combined. Amen. 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 So God so when we face obstacles, we don't need to give in to the power and say, I give up. No, we need to we need to rise up. Yes. And we need to ask the Lord, Lord, what do I need to do? What what is the plan that you're going to give me to destroy the forces of darkness amen because we're not going to give in to the spirits these last days amen. we are fighting greater forces of darkness in these days than any other part of history amen yes. i mean if you don't believe me look at the book of revelation i mean the most wicked spirits are being released in the last days before the, before the coming of mashiach yes. so the lord's going to raise you up to be like a benjamin to be to fight against those forces then the third beast we see in verse 6, Daniel 7, 6. And this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard. Can you all know, say, a leopard. a leopard? So the first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings, representing Babylon. The second beast is like a bear, representing the, uh, uh, um, the Persians. And the third beast is like a leopard, representing Alexander the Great. And it reads, And after this I beheld, and lo another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of its four wings of a fowl, the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. The leopard represent represents Greece. And who led the, the, the Greco Empire? It was Alexander the Great. Alexander conquered the world very quickly, including most of Asia. And he, he died a premature death. He died at age 32. And then his kingdom was over, was taken over by four of his generals who split the, four, the, four, uh, the kingdom into four different regions. The leopard is distinguished for its ferocity. I mean, he conquered much of Asia in one continuous swoop. The four wings that we see... Represent him. It basically represents the four points of a compass: north, south, east, and west. He conquered in four directions. That's what the four wings represent. Then we read about four heads. If you look again at verse six, Daniel seven six, it says it said the beast also had four heads. The four heads represent the kingdom being split up among four of his generals. Ptolemy took Egypt. Seleucus took Assyria and Babylon. Antigonus took Persia and Asia Minor, Philip took Macedonia. Philip was Alexander's brother. So the kingdom was split to four. It you was know, a, a mighty kingdom. Now the fourth beast represents what? Another kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And Daniel 7, 7 says, and you can read this with me if you like, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast... Dreadful and terrible and 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 strong exceedingly, exceedingly. and it had great iron teeth. It down and and break in pieces, and and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. See this. This beast was so ferocious. It was more wicked than all the previous three beasts, and and I mean it, it. It just devoured. This kingdom, the fourth kingdom, represents the, 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 the Roman Empire. It, it's it's de- described as being fe- fearful, um, it's described as being fearsome, unspe- and it's, it's an unspecified beast, meaning it's not given the name of an animal. The previous beast, we see a bear, we, we, we see, we, we, uh, the first beast we see a lion, then we see a bear, then we see a leopard, but this fourth beast is not given a name. <laughs> It was exceeding. It was excessively terrifying, awesome, and strong, and it represents the exiles of Jacob's twin brother Esau, Esau, and from Esau come the Edomite people, and it it demonstrates a a people that are so fierce. And these are the qualities that the Romans possessed. They were terrifying. They were terrifying. They were were meticulous in planning of strategy and great foresight. And they had overwhelming power. They were exceedingly terrifying. And they inflicted fear upon everybody. Now, this is one beast that I've really struggled with because I'm still seeking the Lord for the revelation on it. Now, the, the literal meaning is, it represents... The the, the 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 Roman Empire, but and this exile will not end until Messiah comes. So we are living in this exile today, even though Israel is established as an independent state, and with its own prime minister, its own president, it's it's self governing. Yet we, the Jews are still the Jews are still considered to be under the Roman exile. And so. So there's something very... Remember earlier I told you that prophecy fulfills itself over and over and over again many, many times? And if you count all the Roman empires, uh, counting all the way to 70 AD, we count a total of 10 emperors. And we, and we, 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 see, we see 10 nations uh, or 10 horns coming out of, of this kingdom. And then we see, we, see, we, see a, we see a little horn coming out speaking blasphemy one of, when it was first fulfilled, it would probably represent Antiochus the fourth who who overtook the holy Land, conquered the temple, and desecrated it right yes. but you know what there's also an antichrist that 's coming in the end of days antichrist there will be an antichrist that, that that will arise and that will speak blasphemies. I do have an opinion on who on on what it represents, but'm I'm, I'm not i'm not going to share it tonight but um but what I do want to share with you is that prophecy fulfills itself over and over and over again. When you read Revelation, many of us get confused because we think, we think we're reading about what's going to take place at one time in the very end. But you remember what Jesus tells John? Write down those things which were, which are, and which will be. The things that were, that are, that, were, that are, and that will be. So it's like when John is writing Revelation, he's speaking from heaven's perspective. He's caught up to God's glory, to God's glorious throne. And he's seeing things from a he- from the perspective of heaven. When Daniel describes his visions of the night, he's describing what he's seeing from heaven's perspective. Amen. When you're in heaven's perspective, you're looking at time that's before, that is, and that will be. Amen? Amen. You're not looking into eternity, because only God can look into eternity, but you're looking into time from the past, the present, and the future. Amen? Amen? Amen. And one thing about the Romans, the, the things they possessed, or they were terrifying. Again, they were meticulous in planning of strategy. I mean, the Romans used meticulous planning to conquer the earth. And it was a, it, and it was a, it was a very strange mix of rulership. It included um, a, a, some form of democracy, as well as a dictatorship. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a weird blend, two things that don't really seem to mix, but they, they integrated the, the two. And this, this, is, this, is the, this is the exile that we are living under today. I don't believe the Roman exile today represents any one nation. I, I believe, I, I, I think there's a lot more to it, because with the first three exiles, each beast had a name. Lion, representing Babylon. The bear, representing Persia. The leopard, representing Greece. But notice here, in the, with the fourth beast, Daniel does not give it a, it a name. So I don't believe that it represents the nation of Italy. I don't believe that it rep- represents the Italians. I don't, represent it. I don't believe it represents Italy or, 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 the, or the Romans at all today. It, it has, there's something else. There, 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 there's something else going on, on here. And it's so prophetic, and it, and it represents the, where we are today. And th- this, this oppression will not end until Messiah comes. Amen. And so there's something very, when you read Daniel, there's something, I, I want you to see that you're entering into entering the prophecy. Amen? And, and it speaks to every generation. So, in every generation, we are going to face the oppression of of what we call here the the fourth exile. Then Daniel 7 8 says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, In this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And look at what Daniel was doing here. He says, read the first few words with me. I considered the horns. Can you say it with me? I considered the horns. See, what Daniel was doing when he was considering, he was pondering the visions of the night, he was studying. And he was looking with a purpose, scrutinizing and examining what the Lord was showing him. When you read something of this Word and you're puzzled, that means you're really reading God's Word. And that you should take the time to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the revelation of the Word. Amen? What, I'm reading, what we're reading here tonight is so deep. And, and I need to delete what you've received. What you, you know, over the 80s, especially during the decade of the 80s, the church was so much into end-time prophecy and studying. They were trying to put all the pieces together of how the nations of the world line up with the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. And there were so many prophetic teachers that was saying, so-and-so is the Antichrist, and this person is the Antichrist. And they always got it wrong. And there were those groups that were so bold to say that the Messiah is coming on this day. Yeah. But guess what? Jesus says no man knows the hour. So we don't know when he's coming. All I know is that when he comes, we're going to be caught up in the rapture. Okay, but I don't know when he's coming. I would be bold enough to say that he's going to come before the year six thousand, because the rabbis teach he will come by the end of the uh, uh, the latest that Messiah can come is, is, is by the end of the the last millennium. And so right now we are in the year five seven eight zero. As the very last point that Messiah can come is the year six thousand on the Hebrew calendar. Why is 5780 significant? The year that we're living in right now in the Hebrew calendar. It's, it has been 5,780 years since the creation of Adam and Eve. Alright? Yeah. And so Daniel was studying, he was looking with a purpose, and he was, he was trying to understand what these horns represent. And what I want you to know is that I, I, I will not point the fourth beast to any nation on the earth. I used to believe it was a certain nation. I don't believe that any longer. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a spirit. It's an end time spirit that's in the, that we're fighting right now in the earth. Mm-hmm. It's a spirit that's going to try to liberate even even the mention even the the belief in God. It's going to completely eradicate. It's an athe, it's, I believe it's an atheistic spirit. It's just going to eliminate trust in God altogether. Yeah. In the in, in the God of Israel, it it, 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 it it's. And, and, it, and it's taken over the earth by force even today. And so there will, there will be a little Antichrist that will come. I don't know where he's going to come from. There are so many people that say, you know, depending on who you read, you, it may be this nation or that nation. It may be from Asia, maybe from Europe. You know what? I, I don't know anymore. I, I, used to, I used to believe it was from a certain place, a certain country on earth. I don't believe that any longer. You know, because you know what? And I believe before that Antichrist is revealed, we're going to be caught up. We will not be here to live through that period of time. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, the four... Then in Eden, we see the four... Rivers. Remember we see the four rivers that come out of the garden? Yes. Any place outside of Eden is exile. Right? And, and, and that... And because of the blood of Yeshua, because of the blood of Jesus, because of His sacrifice on that cross, He is going to restore our complete connection to Him. Amen? Amen. And, and, and we, there's going to be a complete reparation that's going to take place. Amen. And when Messiah returns, everything will be placed back into divine order. Amen? Amen. And Jesus, the Messiah, the Mashiach of Israel, will, will be the ruler over the entire earth. Amen. And then is now we see we see we see the four exiles through the four um, through the four winds right, we see the four rivers that come out of Eden. Well, guess what? We're going to go back to Ezekiel.
1: Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5:5 <speaking in Hebrew> bye bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye <ologistringe> <plate valeur> <weł> <a Mostly cloudy Illinois��> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <coughs> bye <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye Bites, 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 bye <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye Bye-bye. <kit> bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye